Hello, my friends. My name is Aureli. Education Monsters is a podcast that discusses multicultural education. Hello, hello, everybody. So this episode is a little special because I have several guests from different parts of the world and I've been interviewing them in French and English about the experiences with the COVID vaccine. So if you're on a fence and don't really know if you should get it or not, maybe you should listen to these people who've actually had it. And of course, my number of participants will never be high enough for it to be relevant. And just keep in mind that neither my guest nor myself are qualified scientists to give medical advice. So make sure that you listen to this episode as entertainment and also make sure that you make an educated guess for your own health and whichever decision you'll take about the vaccine we will respect it so thank you so much and i hope you guys enjoy the episode and now we have Chico. she lives in los angeles california and she has recorded with me episode number 10 of this podcast so welcome back Hopefully, nice to be back. Yeah, nice to have you again. So let's discuss vaccine and how was your experience having two shots of Moderna? Okay, so I feel like it's pretty hit or miss on who gets side effects and who doesn't. Um, I happen to get the side effects and I think I got them on the worst end of the spectrum. My boyfriend got the same exact shot as me the same days as me and had almost no symptoms. <laughs> like was it administered by the same nurse? It was administered by the same nurse, same location. Um, we went to a CVS, so it was literally just in a farm. That's an American pharmacy. If anyone doesn't know, we just went to like a little CVS in the back corner and um, a nurse practitioner gave us both the shots. Um, after the first shot, really the only symptom I had was I my arm was sore, which I think most people say is very common. Um, it was sore for a couple of days. It wasn't really that bad. Um, I was back to exercising and going about my normal day pretty much instantly. The second shot, which I think is also pretty common from what I've heard, I I had a fever of about 101 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's like a low grade fever. Um, and I was exhausted. Like I got the shot, my arm was quite sore. And on my way driving home, I already started to feel very tired. Um, I went home and I went like instantly to bed. I was completely exhausted. Um, the next day the fever started and I felt pretty crappy and my arm was still sore. So that was most of the second day. By, by the third day, I was completely fine, honestly. I was still kind of tired and my arm was still kind of sore. But the fever, I think, was the worst of it for me. So um, a lot of my symptoms were related to the fever. Like my body ached and like I had the chills and stuff. But I think that kind of comes with a fever. So um, most of that was gone by the third day. And um, except for the arm soreness, which lasted for another couple of days. But overall, it was just like a one bad day. And then I was fine. Have you gotten the flu before? And if so, do you react the same way? Does it only last three days? Um, You mean like the actual flu? Yeah. I've had the real flu um, really badly. I had a very bad case of it. Um, I think back in like 20. 2016 where I like went to the hospital and was dehydrated and like throwing up every five minutes that lasted more than a week that was way way worse than anything I experienced under the vaccine like when I actually had the flu like I could not leave my bed I could not eat I could not drink I couldn't do anything um with this like I could still function I was like uncomfortable and the fever overall made me pretty unhappy like I complained a lot to my boyfriend but um I was you know I was fine a day later and I could still function like I was eating I was drinking I didn't think I was gonna die yeah so you're smart about this because you kind of schedule it so that it would fall on the weekend and you didn't have to 
take any days off, right? Yes, I did. Um, so I scheduled it on a Saturday because I was anticipating that I would have the um the symptoms. And I've had friends who've done similar things, like a friend of mine actually because she had to get it on a Sunday, so she was anticipating as well that she wouldn't feel great and got it. Um, I've talked to other friends who've gotten the Moderna like me, and um, not all of them, but a lot of them had said the exact same thing as me that um it was bad the day after, and then um it kind of cleared up. So you also said that your family as well in New Jersey got the vaccine and also had no symptoms like you were the only one how did you feel at the moment like is there a sense of am I the one whose body did not respond well and would you still have gotten it knowing that you had those symptoms <laughs> um I would definitely still have gotten it knowing I'd have the symptoms since I've gotten it I feel like a lot of my normal life has started to come back like I can see other friends who've gotten the vaccine that's um safe now um like I've eaten in public for like the first time since COVID started and there's kind of a sense of relief that comes with that and like returning to that normalcy so I think that that's you know worth the one day of uncomfortableness I was complaining that I was the one who had the bad reaction um <laughs> I'm not the only person I know who had the bad reaction like I said I've had friends who um told me the same exact thing that I said that they felt like crap the next day so I'm not the only person but among my family I did complain that like oh my gosh I'm so unlucky although they were saying that um uh they were worried that the vaccine wasn't working or something because like the what do you call it From, I'm not sure if I'm not a public health specialist, but from what I've heard, the symptoms come from your body like reacting. Mm -hmm. So um, they were so like I was obviously reacting to the vaccine, but they were like, we're not reacting is like, is it working? Are we okay? Like did it do what it was supposed <laughs> to do? Like that was actually their concern. Because with me, like something was obviously happening. So when you went to the center, did you have people telling you, like informing you if you had those symptoms, this is what you should do. So you could make a smart decision. Yeah. So I think that that, um, that information that the next day after After the vaccine, you might feel kind of bad. I think that's pretty well known at this point. Um, like I said, I have friends who've literally scheduled, like taken a day off wor of work before getting the vaccine just in anticipation of that. So um, I do think that that's been made pretty common knowledge that it's what to expect. They did tell me like um, after before getting it that, you know, you're, you might feel not great, but um, you know, you can take some Tylenol if it's worse than like something you can treat with a Tylenol and see a doctor because that then it's um not doing what it should do but it should be something that you know Tylenol a cold compress and some rest should clear up and in my case it was mm -hmm. so you talked about uh coming back to a sense of normalcy but do you actually believe that maybe when everybody's going to be vaccinated like we'll remove the mask and be able to travel again like really really coming back like before the pandemic it's hard to tell if we'll ever or ever or like you know anytime soon go back to being completely normal I definitely think that culture might have changed overall at least among some groups who um you know who took the COVID pandemic seriously like I know there are some groups who um you know continue to deny it or even um didn't want to take any precautions in the first place but among people who um did make drastic change changes to their lives to cope with this I it's hard to imagine it going back to completely normal for quite a while like I, I said a sense of normalcy and that like you know I'm gonna see people who I don't live with like because for the past year I've only seen my boyfriend who, who lives with me so I have to so like being able to see someone else is was a big deal being able to eat in public was a big deal it felt weird honestly like I was I, I was joking but like as I took off the mask to like I was eating noodles 
I was like, am I, am I okay? Like, am I allowed to do this? It feels wrong. Like, is this okay? And I feel like that feeling is going to stay for quite a while. I'm going to keep wearing the masks. And I feel like there are other people who would also probably feel more comfortable wearing the masks. I don't know. In a lot of Asian cultures, like wearing the mask is a common thing, even like when there's not a pandemic going around, like, you know, Japan, China, Korea, I think that's it's pretty common overall to see people in like public transit wearing masks. I feel like that might be something that stays with certain people that they like wearing the mask in public and when going into restaurants and stuff. And I'm not, that might be a permanent change in the United States that wasn't really here before. It's hard to tell. No, it's true. And we should definitely be more considerate. Like you don't need to have a food to be wearing a mask. Like I think that if you have any type of disease that you think you might transmit to other people and you absolutely have to get out, if you have enough consideration for people, then you should wear a mask and not like and avoid hugs and handshakes and stuff like this just like Asian people have been doing in their culture as a respectful right. sign of you not spreading your germs for me like putting on the mask was a very easy step because I'm, I am of Japanese descent and I've spent a decent amount of time in Japan and know that like the mask is not a weird thing it's not that weird for me but for a lot of Americans like they fought it they saw it as like a symbol of almost weakness or uh, of like fragility to want to wear the mask but I feel like that's a cultural thing that I'm hoping has started to shift in the United States given what's happened here you don't need to have a pandemic to protect yourself or to you know shield your germs from someone else i see it more as a, a kindness to the other people rather than to yourself like wearing the mask protects other people more so than it does yourself i think mm -hmm. yeah definitely and i feel like it's somewhat the same as in you know you want to take a day off if you're sick it's mostly for you if you want to rest but also it's to not spread your germs to other people while going to work Right, exactly. And like, I feel like that's another problem is like, that, that might change is that like that culture of, you know, working through the sickness, you know, you go to work, you yeah, show exactly. up, and you feel awful. That's kind of a cultural thing that we've developed. And hopefully, you know, this pandemic scare will change that to an extent where if people see someone sneezing, they're going to feel uncomfortable now, I think, and tell people like, maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't be here. Like, it's not going to be seen as some brave, heroic act to show up to work if you're sick. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I'm also hoping it's changing. So before taking the vaccine first and second shot what kind of discussion did you have around with your family and your friends about who was pro who was con and also did you think that it was a divide in your group of in your circle um so among my family it was pretty easy decision um you know my parents were right away like you know sign me up for that vaccine like I want it like right away my mom and dad I made the decision pretty early on that once the vaccine was approved that I'd go for it my best friend who I consider like a brother like I've known him since like kindergarten and like we grew up next to each other he is anti-vax although like we've had arguments about it like more so debates um about our differing opinions on it i do respect his opinion to an extent because uh, the way i see it is that you can I mean, you can still spread the disease even if you're vaccinated i believe so it's kind of to protect you i understand that we need herd immunity but also um the vaccine's protecting you and you can still spread it to other people um i hope that as many people as possible would choose to get vaccinated for the sake of getting herd immunity but if there's someone who doesn't get the vaccine i feel like that's to an extent their decision and I want them to understand that like they could still be at risk but if they make that decision like I will still hang out with them I'm still going to hang out with my friend who's anti-vax yeah I think that's a good it's a good point it's exactly like political parties like it's not like if you disagree then it has to be so extreme that people stop talking to each other I think if, like you said it's extremely important to respect other people's opinion and to hear them out because I think we're coming from different sources of information here it's not very clear what the media are saying no it's true that like um it's it's true that this is new it came the vaccine came pretty quickly and that they're still rolling out information on it 
for example, um, my friend who's anti-vax, one of his big things was that they're still not entirely sure how long the vaccine is um, going to protect you for. Like, we don't know if we're going to need a booster shot, shot in like six months or a year or like mm-hmm. exactly how long we're protected for. And like that lack of precise information for something that he considered important was um, uncomfortable for him. So, I mean, I can understand and respect that. Like I said, I made the personal decision that I, I do trust the bodies that are and the nurses and the doctors that are encouraging people to get these vaccines and to try and protect my community overall by adding to that herd immunity that I think we need. So um, I did make that decision, but I, I can understand if, you know, there's still some uncertainty out there. And I think that that's a job for the health leaders in our communities to try to bridge that gap and do better research, provide more information so that that fear can dissipate a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about this because something I really admire from you is that you're not on social media. So you're not getting all the crap and all this amount of information that's coming, you know, from right, left, center that ends up not making a lot of sense. So where do you get your sources? And how reliable are they? That's true. Um, I'm not on social media, um, which I think helps to like kind of block out some of the more extreme or like crazy like things that are floating around there because there is straight up misinformation out there. Yeah. And a lot of it is on social media. What I use for sources are um, I use a variety of like different. I, I like podcasts like but um i use a variety of uh, podcasts like pr national public radio i use like the new york times i use several different npr podcasts that come from different sources um i like looking at bbc my favorite thing to do is to just go on google news because they separate it by topics so then you can see different articles on the same topic and like with how the headlines differ so for example like a fox news headline about a situation is going to be very different from a cnn headline but it's about Mm -hmm. the same topic so i think that that contrast is interesting and it's something i like to do is like just go down the list of topics on google news and see if there's a topic that interests me and then I'll see like the various headlines about it to kind of I feel like that is helpful in getting a wider picture Mm -hmm. yeah something that should be emphasized is writing the article you know like journalists versus scientists I feel like doing your research on PubMed like has more weight than going on the blog because everybody who's like including me including us like we're not scientists and we're not experts in virology so I feel like it's important to note that we are giving opinions but scientists may be closer to the facts although I always check like who's funding what and who's working with who <laughs> right no that's yeah. true and like you honestly you you're in a better position than me to do this because you do have that background in like research and medicine it's not really my background so it's something I struggle with but I, I, I like the point you bring up about like who's writing it anyone can write a blog and anyone can put a post on social media and I feel like we're kind of trained to see like something that's coming from media you know whether it be Facebook the internet any kind of media as closer to fact or worthy of like our our judgment or our our attention when like reality like anyone can put that out there so it's hard I think that overall in the work that the COVID has brought a lot of societal problems to the issue whether it be like race culture work um, and they're all coming out to the front right now but in terms of this vaccine I just personally have chosen to trust the, the people telling the experts or the scientists the researchers telling us that you know do this one i don't think anyone's going to debate the efficacy of it because there's a bunch of material on it we started vaccination i think by december for healthcare professionals and people who work in hospitals and i think we got some data like more than thousands of participants have shown that yes it reduces the likelihood of you being worse symptoms from covid but what people are trying to look for is what are the side effects? So how to weigh out the pros and cons if you don't know what's in the long run for you. Right. And that, that does definitely make people nervous that we don't know what's happening long term. Like this happened quickly. We, I mean, we're the first people getting it, you know, like you said, January.
January or December was the first group of people. So like, we don't know what's going to happen down the line. Um, my friend who's anti-vax has mentioned that as well, that, you know, if you're older and you are probably not going to be around for like 10, 20 years, then, you know, that's one thing. But if you're like, you know, a kid, like, I think it's still, I don't think it's approved for kids yet. I'm not entirely sure if I'm right on that, but it's not very common for kids to get it yet. Either way, um, there's no, that's, that. that's really interesting because then if you would see the side effect for older people, like in their nineties, it, it could be potentially different from the side effects you would get at 40. Right, exactly. It's And like, you know, we, we haven't had this around for long, so people don't know. And that does, I understand that that does make people nervous. So um, like I said, I feel like that's a thing for like our healthcare leaders and our researchers to, you know, do a better job of finding those answers so that people can more confidently, you know, make that decision or know the answers that would help them make an educated decision. Yeah, because it's, it's always the, what do we do between immediate relief for the economy and for going back to the sense of normalcy versus, oh, let's be more cautious over the long term because you know by vaccinating people we might avoid bigger death like bigger numbers of cases uh killing people but we might create something that we're not even aware of that's true no it's, that is true that we don't really know where this is going overall into the future and it that understandably scares people like what's where's this going what, what are we going to do with that yeah i'm honestly like thinking that canada being later than the u.s has allowed me to get more distance from it because for people who are on the fence and watching the world getting vaccinated they can talk to people they can see the experiences or like what i'm doing right now with this compilation of episodes is you get different points of view and overall things will average out in the end so you'll learn little by little but like you know i was happy to see the u.s going first and i'm like okay <laughs> and <laughs> those are the real guinea pigs you know and then yeah, canada has gone yeah canada has started vaccinating um this month in may and so let's see how it goes yeah that's it's true it's i mean it's all going to be interesting to watch from here on out like where it goes what's happening the u.s is kind of the guinea pig in all of this i can just say that from my personal experience i feel fine still i mean it's only been a couple months so it's obviously long time we're not going to know what happened and it's hard to tell it makes really interesting stories so i had this student he's from north carolina and he got the johnson and johnson vaccine and before he knew that it was a huge problem i mean not that huge but like, they, they the pulled it. before it got withdrawn he got it and he was like oh i'm not even scared of it like i trust pharmaceutical companies so much i'm not even scared and so he was like it's a limited edition you know he was like joking about it <laughs> i got something special and he was telling me the story of this pizza delivery person who delivered a pizza to a covid vaccine clinic and as a tip he got a vaccine so i'm like this is kind of funny you know like instead of getting money you're getting a vaccine that is interesting although um i got my vaccine um earlier than a lot of people my age i think because you were able to do walk-in visits to certain areas where um, they had an excess of doses. Um, so I was able to do something like that too. And it's true that the process, it was very informal. Like I walked in was like, hey, um, do you have any vaccines available for a, like a walk-in? And they were like, let me check. Oh yeah, sure. Let's do it. We can do it right now. Let's do it. And it was it was very informal. It was in the back of a CVS. Um, but I mean, I guess flu shots are also also have that vibe. Like I got the one, uh, the swine flu was a concern. I had a swine flu shot like in my high school gym. Like in Boston, they get it at the, at the Fenway Park. And this is usually where I would picture you know like baseball games and concerts and i'm like yeah so <laughs> yeah no the, i mean the world changed. yeah i know so thank you so much for your input about and your experience about the vaccine this was really helpful and thank you i think that um it's an interesting thing you're doing here just asking people about their experiences who've actually gone and done it yeah because like what's best than to ask the people who've actually gotten it instead of people who draw a hypothesis all day long and i know that the number of participants will never be high enough but at least if i can get few people on this podcast having different perspective and side effects and some people 
it was the best day of, of their life and some people have gotten fever for five days I'm like right, we, need right. to, we need to hear everybody no it's true it's, it is interesting to hear about it and I think that it would help people to make their decisions I was listening to an uh, New York Times I was saying I, I get like some of my news from there that's part of my daily routine as I listen to the New York Times podcast and they were just talking about how um, one of the most successful conservative communities with um, getting people vaccinated was because there's like one doctor who just takes a lot of time to explain it to people and like kind of combat misinformation and um, the doctor takes time out of his own like personal time to go mm-hmm. and like address the people's fears in a way better than like obviously I can do because he's a doctor and and like people still choose not to do it obviously but I just feel like having that information and that, that correct information or information from someone you trust is, is really important. Did you have any remarks for the um, Asian hate because of the COVID? It's really sad. I was talking to my um, mother who lives in a very white community who lives who's like the only Asian American around and she just out of the blue told me like it's scary to go to work because of what she's hearing in the news she works in a Walmart in like this rural community and she said you know I'm I'm scared like I'm looking over my shoulder and like that that breaks my heart you know that people have to feel like that because of what's going on in the news you know donate to your local anti-Asian hate group I I've done that so yeah oh yeah (laughs) no definitely well thank you again thank you Hi, Jesse. How are you? Hi, Hi. So Jesse, he did episode number 17 previously on Education Monsters, and he's here to talk about his vaccine experience with Pfizer at the Palais des Congrès here in Montreal. Hi. Hi. So just wondering, uh, you're one of the first people that I knew who signed up right away for the vaccine program here in Quebec. So because vaccination started much earlier in the States and your family's from the States, I'm sure you've had some discussions about it. So how about you walk us through uh, what was your thought process about it and whether it was a quick decision? It was a pretty quick decision. I've been waiting to be able to get it for a long time. My, my parents are older, so they had it a while ago, like, I don't know, maybe February, March. And then my sister was able to get in early as well, even though she's younger. And they, they all had it and didn't have any problems with it. And I was looking forward to having it myself. Did they all have the Pfizer like yourself? They Yeah, they all had the, the Pfizer. So in Canada, we cannot choose the vaccine brand if you had another vaccine that was proposed to you would you have gotten it anyways yeah i mean both of the when i when i got it they were only offering the pfizer or moderna to my age group and as far as the data those seem to be basically the same yeah so you got vaccinated on the first day of your eligibility with your age group right so how full was it how full was the center uh it seemed to be a lot of people around my age i mean i was on the the younger side of the five-year window that opened up but there were it was mostly young people who were there when i was going in it was full I, I think the way they organize it it's never like super crowded like it, it was may, maybe five minutes of waiting in line to go in but they kept everything moving and it was very efficient and they seemed to know know how fast they can process people and uh, set up the appointments to fit that well okay any side effects no nope, just a little bit of soreness in the arm where i got the shot the, the day after but nothing besides that how do you feel about the second shot here being given three months later rather than in state they only wait for one month. Do you think it's going to decrease in the efficacy? No, for, well, from what I've read, it tends to give you a better immune response. I mean, I'm not a vaccine expert, but that, that seems to be what I've been hearing on the news. 
like part of me would like to get it sooner just because you do have better protection once you've had both of them but from what i've been hearing the the long-term outcome seems to be comparable at least or better if the waiting so i'm, I'm curious to see my appointment for the second one's in end of august but what other people have heard when they got theirs from what it seems like i bet it'll be earlier than that oh i see so do you get called you get an email like how's that work uh they well when i went in they had a big sign on the wall that said like this is your date and that your your appointments at the same time and place on this date 112 days out from when you got the first one i'm if they change it i'm not sure how that will work but i imagine everything's been via email so far so i imagine it will be like that still so you went to the vaccination center by bike correct Yes. Yeah, and did you have a plan B of coming back if it turned out sour? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could have taken the metro back. I, fi I figured so many people drive to the vaccinations. It must be fine to bike as well. Yeah. So, Jesse, you've been working in academia for a really long time. I don't know if it's a personal choice of yours to not go into industry, but you have somewhat put your trust into pharmaceutical companies and can you tell us more about how trusting do you think it is compared to your own scientific domain? Personally trust it just because everything gets so much scrutiny and especially with the vaccines there have been both undergone all the regulatory clinical trial steps as well as so many people in the U.S. had gotten it before I got it. I didn't have any worries about the problem side effects or whether it worked or not. Yeah so when I was 15 I got the HP vaccine and that also I think was sort of brand new especially in France and people like uh, doctors were urging women and especially teenage girls to go get the vaccine and back then we didn't really question like is this going to give us side effects uh, is this another propaganda so how come people are much more trusting of that HPV vaccine and about half the population is still hesitant towards the COVID vaccine the, the COVID that's true in the US in Canada over at least in, in Quebec so far over 75 percent of adults have either gotten the vaccine or made an appointment to get the vaccine. So I think it's definitely less of a problem here. But yeah, I, mean, I think it's probably mostly political. Just the, the pandemic itself seems to have caused a lot of things like getting medicine or wearing a mask to become controversial when they, there's no actual reason for them to be so. And do you feel like you can get a booster every year for that vaccine? Would you feel comfortable doing this? For the COVID? Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, I don't know what the long-term plan is that it sounds like with the, the way the, the virus change that is changing that might be a possibility and that people get flu shots every year for that reason we have to live with this long term probably the, it could could be the best way to deal with it I don't know for sure mm -hmm. do you suggest then that the boosters are free on, on one level I think all healthcare should be free but <laughs> you know I think to a certain extent it depends on what the overall risk to society is versus individual risk and you know if it's a if the, if the goal of the program is to protect everyone by having immunity at the population level, then yeah, it definitely should be free because the incentive should be to get as many people as possible to have it. Yeah. So are you planning some vacation this summer and would it be before your second shot? Uh, so I'm, I'm tentatively planning a trip to the Canadian Rockies later in the summer. And yeah, as hopefully it will be after the second shot. I'm sort of betting on it coming early because right now the, I'm not actually going to be here on the day I was originally assigned. But uh, yeah, the The Quebec government has been talking about vaccinating school children in August, and they came after us in the first round. So I'm assuming they're 
predicting we'll get the second shot earlier than that. So how comfortable would you feel about not wearing a mask indoors? I know in the, in the U.S. that was one of the first things they loosened up on, which mm -hmm. makes sense to me. Imagine here will be one of the later things, really, the, the, what I've been hearing from the federal health ministries. That's one of the later things that, you know, I think I personally would probably continue to wear a mask, while, at least while, while there still, still seems to be spread of the coronavirus in the, the community. To be sure, it's a pretty small annoyance or potentially big benefit. It'll, it, would, it would be nice to have the option and, you know, if, you, if you show up at the store and realize you forgot the mask. And I, at some point, I'll probably go into the store rather than going home again and getting a mask and coming back but at the moment. Uh, that was pretty alarming because I have a student from the UK and she said that things in London were so loose that sometimes she forgot her mask to the grocery store and the bodyguard didn't say anything. She just like entered without a mask and that was the end of the story. She bought her stuff and went back home without a mask. And that was a few months ago, like a lot before the vaccines have started. Yeah, I mean, even, even here in Montreal, I was taking the metro fairly frequently during the winter and often there was like one person not wearing a mask or like eating food with their mask off or not covering their nose not ideal but most people were doing it and that seems to be what, what matters yeah so since you had really good experience with that vaccine do you think it is somewhat your social responsibility to spread the fact that vaccines are safe you should also not convince but also share the facts about how vaccines are safe versus people who don't believe in vaccines. Yeah, I think that's true, although I think for the most part, almost everyone I know has gotten it already, or at least is intending to. Yeah, and I think that both, both as sort of a responsibility and as also a personal desire to spend time with the people I enjoy spending time with and not have to worry about getting sick. I want to get as many people to feel comfortable and get it as can. Very nice. Well, thank you, Jesse, so much for sharing your experience with us. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Salut, salut, Eloi. Donc, uh, toi, t'as eu le vaccin Moderna. Dis-moi, quelle était ton expérience Comment ça s'est passé Salut Aurélie. Effectivement, hier, je suis allé me faire vacciner. À Vancouver, la... c'est ça À Vancouver, exactement. Alors, euh, la procédure avant même de se faire vacciner, c'est qu'en fait, il faut euh, s'enregistrer en ligne. Et ensuite, quand ton, ton rendez-vous euh, arrive, on va... ils vont te contacter et te, te donner un lien pour prendre rendez-vous. Euh, ensuite, tu y vas. Et c'est dans... Je suis allé au centre, grand centre de Vancouver, une sorte de, de, salle, de, de salle de conférence. Et l'organisation était vraiment vraiment bien donc quand on arrive déjà il y a des gens qui prennent euh, nous demandent si on est là pour le vaccin qui viennent nous guider ensuite là on nous donne des masques on se euh, lave les mains ensuite quelqu'un vérifie qu'on a euh, bien notre euh, invitation et là il y a une, une petite queue euh, j'ai attendu euh, ici j'ai attendu euh, 20 minutes jusqu'à ce qu'on arrive à une personne qui va euh, vérifier dans le système qu'on qu est bien notre rendez-vous et aussi euh, nous donner euh, des infos sur euh, le, le vaccin, ce qu'on va recevoir, les effets secondaires qui peuvent uh, se développer, si on a de répondre à nos questions, en fait, uh, vraiment nous, nous renseigner sur, uh, sur la procédure. Ouais, uh, et qui, uh, qui sont ces personnes Est-ce que ce sont des scientifiques Est-ce que c'est des personnes chargées directement donc, uh, de l'État pour donner les informations qu'ils ont à donner Mais est-ce que c'est des personnes avec uh, de la crédibilité D'après moi, oui. En tout cas, les, les quelques personnes qui m'ont donné uh, leur enseignement. Le, le vaccin a été administré par une, uh, une infirmière, puis il y avait d'autres personnes 
qui, qui étaient des, des étudiants de, de l'université de, de, de médecine, qui aussi répondaient aux questions. Donc euh, oui, oui, ça, ça a l'air vraiment, vraiment crédible. Et ce que j'ai aimé, c'est que vraiment, c'est ça, au début, quand tu arrives, donc les gens t'accueillent et, et te donnent des renseignements, sont là pour répondre à tes questions. On a passé cinq minutes euh, à me dire, voilà, est-ce que tu as, as des questions, est-ce que tu as des peurs, c'est ce qui risque de t'arriver. On te donne aussi une fiche de documentation. Et puis ensuite, ensuite, on fait une autre petite queue pour ensuite recevoir le, le vaccin. Donc là, il y avait une trentaine de tables avec une, des infirmiers ou des infirmières euh, qui administrent euh, le, le, le vaccin. Ça, c'était très rapide, euh, vraiment sans douleur, que c'est standard. Euh, ils te nettoient le, le bras, piqûre et puis euh, un pansement. Ok, mais de base, est-ce que tu es une personne qui a peur des aiguilles <rire> Oui, j'aime ai, pas, pas les, les, les aiguilles, mais vraiment, c'était vraiment euh, sans douleur. Il euh, faut juste pas regarder euh, quand on reçoit la piqûre. Ouais. C'est l'astuce. La, et euh, est-ce que dans ce centre, ils t'ont permis de choisir euh, la marque dont tu as eu Moderna est-ce que c'était un peu par défaut ou est-ce qu'ils t'ont donné un peu le choix C'était par défaut. En fait, à ce centre, c'est soit Moderna, soit Cypher et c'est en fonction de, de ce qu'ils ont ce jour-là. D'accord. Après le, avoir reçu le, le vaccin, en fait, il y a une salle, une salle d'attente euh, où on nous conseille hein, de, de rester 15 minutes pour, euh, en cas de, de, de symptômes. Et donc là, il y a des, il y a des volontaires euh, qui, qui viennent nous voir, qui nous demandent si, si on est bon, si on n'a si pas de problème. Donc on, on sent qu'on est euh, encadré, qu'on est écoutez, c'est vraiment bien. Mm -hmm. Et est-ce qu'au travail, d'ailleurs, euh, ils te disent, oui, euh, tu peux prendre ta journée de travail pour aller te faire vacciner, on t'offre un donut ou un bagel, je ne sais pas. Euh, est-ce qu'il y a justement des, un peu des récompenses pour t'inciter à te vacciner Non, il n'y a rien de ça, à part que, en fait, euh, si j'ai pu me vacciner un peu avant certaines personnes, c'est que par mon boulot, je suis euh, prioritaire. Donc, euh, c'est comme ça que j'ai reçu un peu à, une semaine avant ma catégorie d'âge. J'ai mm -hmm. pu recevoir le vaccin. D'accord, nice. Et euh, est-ce que dans ta famille ou tes amis, est-ce qu'il y a eu des échanges, par exemple, sur euh, des effets secondaires Est-ce qu'il y a des personnes, tu pensais, qui étaient un peu moins, moins chauds pour le vaccin Comment sont passées les, dis les discussions entre vous avant d'y aller Alors, dans, dans ma famille, j'ai ma mère et une de mes sœurs qui sont plutôt contre le vaccin. Ma mère, sa position, c'est que c'est trop tôt, le vaccin est, est, est sorti, a été développé trop vite. Euh, on ne sait pas, on ne connaît pas les effets secondaires, euh, ce genre de choses. Ma sœur, c'est bizarre. D'un côté, elle, elle parle des, des risques avérés du, du vaccin, en, euh, entre autres des, les caillots de sang, la formation de caillots de sang, euh, en disant que le risque est trop élevé. Il y a un risque, certes, mais il, il est très faible. Mais surtout, de l'autre côté, en fait, elle va diminuer le risque euh, de complications ou de mourir tout simplement du, du Covid. Donc, d'un côté, c'est minimiser le Covid et, et maximiser, enfin, dire que le, le, le vaccin est dangereux, que je ne comprends pas. Mmh. C'est vrai que j'ai vu pas mal d'articles qui, qui parlent de l'efficacité du vaccin sur la propagation et aussi euh, avoir le Covid, donc euh, ça te protège et en plus tu as beaucoup moins de chances donc de développer des symptômes plus compliqués. Mais oui, le problème c'est qu'on n'a pas non plus des plein d'articles à long terme sur quels sont les effets. Et puis comme ta mère dit en fait, ça, le vaccin est un peu neuf. Et c'est un petit peu la raison pour laquelle je fais cet épisode, c'est que oui en fait on doit trouver l'équilibre entre donc se débarrasser d'une pandémie et aussi euh, considérer quels sont les risques dont on ne connaît pas. Oui, oui, c'est sûr. Mais là, les médias c'est quand même de 
de, de revenir à une situation à peu près normale. Euh, D'ailleurs, je ne sais pas, je réfléchis, j'ai pensé à ce qui changerait à l'avenir, par exemple, le port du masque qui va s'étendre, les plexiglas dans les magasins, peut-être qu'il va, qu va rester. C'est le genre de choses que je me demande comment les, les prochaines années vont, vont être. Voilà. Oui, D'ailleurs, parce que même ayant reçu le vaccin, je pense qu'il te demande aussi de continuer à porter le masque et à faire attention quand même parce que tu pourrais aussi le transmettre. Euh, absolument. Ça, ça ne m'a pas été dit, je, je sais, mais ce qui nous a été dit au centre de vaccination, c'était surtout qu'on n'a pas l'immunité avant 15 jours et, et, euh, et encore, ce n'est pas une immunité totale et ça ne sera pas une immunité à long terme avant notre, notre seconde dose. Mais ça, ils nous ont dit de garder euh, les gestes barrières pendant au moins 15 jours. Mm -hmm. Est-ce que tu te sens plus en sécurité ayant reçu le vaccin Est-ce que tu te sens un peu plus libre d'aller, par exemple, faire des pique-niques ou rencontrer des personnes depuis que tu l'as eu Pas tout de suite, non. Je vais attendre. Euh, je, ah oui. je vais attendre. Donc, euh, après les 15 jours <rire> ou après ton deuxième vaccin, est-ce que tu penses retrouver un peu plus de, de confiance donc dans la rencontre avec les personnes ou même par exemple je sais pas prendre l'avion c'est une bonne question j'ai pas vraiment réfléchi à ce que je suis encore dans, dans le cycle où, où je dois avoir personne et à mon avis ça va être dur d'abandonner les gestes de barrière et encore je pense je les garder pendant un moment ouais c'est quand même euh... Ça fait plus d'un an qu'on fait ça et maintenant, c'est bizarre de ne pas se laver les mains avant d'entrer mm -hmm. dans un supermarché, j'avoue. Je pense que ça va se faire une fois que je serai sûr que les gens autour de moi euh, sont vaccinés eux aussi, sans doute même euh, pas avant notre seconde dose. Euh, avant ça, je pense que je vais garder le masque, je vais garder mes distances, euh, limiter mes contacts. Mm -hmm. Et après donc ta première dose, est-ce que, bah, parce que tu n'as pas eu ta deuxième, mais est-ce que tu as eu des effets comme la fièvre Est-ce que tu as eu mal au bras Alors, euh, avec celui-là, euh, non, vraiment. J'ai euh, un, un peu de mal à, à l'épaule, autour de la piqûre, mais vraiment, vraiment très léger. Pas de fièvre, rien. Euh, je supporte mieux qu'en fait que le, le vaccin de, de la grippe, d'habitude, où j'ai un peu mal à, à tout le bras. C'est vraiment, vraiment très bien. D'accord, cool. Donc, est-ce que c'est quelque chose que tu recommanderais à tout le monde ou plutôt juste aux personnes âgées ou Comment est-ce que tu envisages de recommander ça à nos auditeurs ah ben, J'encourage tout le monde à, à le faire. C'est par là qu'on qu se sortira de cette situation, c'est en ayant une immunité, une immunité globale. Que... Oui, tout le monde, allez-y. D'accord. <rire> Je te remercie en tout cas beaucoup d'être venu sur ce podcast et euh, salut à Vancouver. Merci à toi. Ciao. Ciao. Hi Sarat, so welcome back on Education Monsters. You did episode number 29 on Cambodian New Year. So welcome back again. I'm so happy, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you every single time. No, so thanks for having me. It's always fun. Yeah, it is so much fun. So uh, this episode, like I said, it was about um, getting people's experiences on the vaccine, COVID. So I'm trying to get people's honest review. And so you've mm -hmm. gotten both shots of the Pfizer vaccine in Lowell, Massachusetts. So how about you tell us how it went and did you have side effects and how did it go? Uh, well, it went really smooth. So I went to one of the, the mass vac sites. It's just like where they have a bunch of people in like a big hall and they have like, I don't know, military people, either army or national guard or something to escort you. So like I went to the Heinz Center in Boston and it was pretty big. Uh, I was in and out in like 20 minutes. They're super efficient. I thought I was going to be there for like an hour, but yeah, the shot, I was worried about it. It happened. It was like less annoying than the flu shot. It didn't really hurt at all. They make you sit down for 10, 15 minutes and see if you have any side effects right away. And if you don't, you can go home. Uh, right after that, 
Uh, I was okay the first day after the first shot, but the day after my arm was was, was kind of sore. I could still do stuff, you know, my normal day-to-day routine, but, you know, it was definitely noticeable. Like, I did not want to have to use my arm if I didn't have to. But then after, you know, two weeks, it takes you to come back for a second shot. Got the second shot, and I thought I was going to be perfectly fine. But with the second shot, my arm was so sore that I didn't even want to raise it. Like, I didn't get any, like, cold or flu symptoms. I just got completely sore. It was way worse than the first shot. Like, <laughs> like this time, I couldn't even pick up my arm if I wanted to. So I just had a dead arm for a whole day. But after that, it all cleared up. Nothing really remaining. No crazy side effects or anything. Okay, so it only lasted 24 hours, basically. Yeah, for both shots. Wow, so you, did you say you were scared? How how come you were scared? Well, you know, most people that I know don't really like needles. And I did have some blood work done like a couple weeks before because like my doctor was like oh it's been a while since since we've checked blah 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 so we'll check it out and i was like those are annoying needles they put a big needle in you they draw blood and you got to sit there for like a minute or something (laughs) so you got ptsd from needles (laughs) (laughs) exactly so there's super quick just a quick injection bang in and out okay so were people friendly how like was it professional yeah they were super friendly and super professional and uh, for the most part everyone seemed, seemed to enjoy what they were doing i even made small talk with the I don't know if they were RNs or whatever I don't know who they had uh, administering the shots but honestly it was much more pleasant than I thought it would be you know I thought it was going to be like when you get a license or something and everyone there has attitude (laughs) it's just like (laughs) these government workers don't like their jobs no they it looked like everyone's having a good time and just you know going about their day and it was super efficient they had lines they had a bunch of people all over the place like to help anybody who didn't know where to go or what to do so yeah I thought it was pretty smooth. Did you get to have a choice between um, different brands of vaccine or was it imposed on you? They did not offer a choice. I heard the only way you really get a choice is if you look up different locations and what they're offering in the different locations. But I mean, I was just trying to get the shot in because uh, I was planning to have a short little vacation with some friends. I wanted to get vaccinated before I did any group gatherings for the first time in a year. Do you still wear the mask? Oh, yeah. You know, definitely still wear the mask when I'm in public places. When when we're at a barbecue or something, you know, with with just our group of people, like three people, four people, or just our family, I don't feel the need for it because we're vaccinated. Maybe there is. But, you know, if it continues on like this, then it's like you're literally going to have to wear a mask 24 hours a day (laughs) and even even at home with your siblings and things like that. You know, the vaccine is supposed to restore a sense of normalcy supposed to help prevent the spread and this and that so if, if that doesn't work then i feel like we're just doomed either way mm-hmm. did they give you a passport vaccine on your phone um hmm, passport vaccine they gave me this card or something that was like signs like oh this is some keep this don't lose this blah 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 I'm like, okay but on my phone i think the only thing they really gave me was like uh, a little to, to review like if i had side effects or blah 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 i don't think there's any passport vaccine that i know of oh that's interesting so it wasn't as bad as you thought and but would you do it again i mean only if it was absolutely necessary you know i i only take the the shots that i think are like necessary like if i get the flu shot every year you know i gotta work i gotta be with people uh i get you know this vaccine because you know it's really serious there are some things like i think ugh, i forgot what it was way back when i was a, a kid but like they were like oh if you plan on being like extremely sexually active you should have this i'm like i'm not really i don't think that really will bother me i 
don't plan on having sex with a thousand people and blah blah blah, blah and <laughs> things like that. It might have been like a genital warts thing. I forget, but it was a weird one. So I was like, yeah, I don't think this is absolutely necessary to me. And it wasn't like a, a life-saving vaccine, you know, that would uh, a virus like the flu or, or anything like that. So I, I didn't go for that. But this, uh, yeah, if it came down to it and the next strain came out, that was a million times worse. So just that, you know, it's the same situation as the flu shot. You get it every year to fight different strains. If it came down to it, I would hate it, but I would do it. How's the atmosphere in Massachusetts concerning the vaccine? Did you have discussions about people who were anti-vaccines, pro-vaccines? Like, what's the general feeling about that vaccine? In my circle of friends, most of them are completely on board with vaccinations and helping out everybody. But I have met a few people who are anti-vax and it, there really is no substance to it. They just really don't want other people making decisions for them, that kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have to do this or put this into my body if I don't want it. I'm like, okay, I mean, I understand that sentiment, but at the same time, there's this virus going around that's killing people at a very alarming rate. So if you do this and you could save, you know, someone's grandmother, because I have friends whose parents or, or who have relatives that have died from it. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'd rather not be the reason that one of my friend's relatives die. Yeah. So yeah, in my circle, everyone's really on board. But I have met some anti-vaxxers. Are people pretty divided? Um, not extremely. I feel like more people lean towards the vaccine in Massachusetts than not. So like, if anything, I would say it would be like 90% to 10%. Very rarely do you really even see someone who's openly anti-vax. And Massachusetts has a what I would consider one of the higher standards of education in, in this country. So... I'd be surprised if it was like a greater number of people were anti-vax. Well, thank you so much for your opinion and for sharing your experience. It was a pleasure having you again. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I was, I was glad to be here. Yes, thank you. Hi, Darren from Lincoln, Nebraska. So you've had your COVID shot. So how about you tell us about it? What is it and how did it go for you? Um, it went well. I'm being employed in the education sector. I think I got uh, selected to go a little early. Plus, I'm over 50. You don't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the notification. It was at a local high school. I went over there not knowing which vaccine I was going to get. I had heard rumors. And when I got there, there was a pretty long line winding around the building, but it was moving pretty well. I might have waited 15 minutes. Um, before we got in the building. And then once in there, it was very institutional. Uh, there was somebody with a clipboard, verified my ID, um, asked a few questions. And I'd say within five minutes of getting in, they stuck the needle in my arm. And then I had to wait 30 minutes afterwards. But there were a lot of people in there. It moved very fast. And yeah, I felt totally comfortable with the whole process. And I was glad to get the vaccine, obviously. Which, um, which vaccine did you get? So it turned out to be the Johnson & Johnson, which I found out, you know, once we got in the door and that made me happy too that, to know that I wasn't going to have to go through the whole process a second time yeah it's a one shot so but how do you feel about the rumors or about the scientific suspicions about the thrombosis rates to me that's there are always going to be things like that that happen with any medical procedure and from what I can tell the, the statistics are such that you know the chances of a person experiencing that are vanishingly remote I would say on the order of winning Powerball or something. So I wasn't concerned about that at all, personally. Mm -hmm. And after you got home, did you experience any side effect like fevers or arm? Yeah, I, so I got it in the evening. And then the next day, I felt totally normal. 
until about noon. And then I started feeling really tired, run down. Like you feel when you're starting to get sick with something, you know, I guess it's your immune system ramping up. And so you kind of feel de-energized and maybe a little feverish. Although I don't think I ever formally had a fever. I took my temperature and it, it was normal. I just felt kind of achy and feverish and run down for uh, about 24 hours. Once the side effects started kicking in at noon the next day, it was like the middle of the following day after that, that I started to feel normal. And again, I, I could have gone to work. I, I chose not to just, just because I didn't see the point and um, I didn't have a lot to do at work uh, those days anyway. After getting the vaccine, do you feel safer meeting people around or would you feel safe, for example, going at a restaurant or traveling or seeing people without a mask or with a mask? I, I haven't changed my lifestyle in, in regard to, you know, the, the protective measures that individuals are supposed to take, mostly because I'm not a hundred percent sure that I can't spread the disease to somebody else if I happen to uh, to be a carrier of it somehow. So in a nutshell, I, I practice the same responsibilities that I did before I got the vaccine just so that I can prevent spreading it to others, even though I'm vaccinated. And before getting the vaccine, were you feeling totally on board with the process or did you did the part of you ask, wait, is this effective? Did you have maybe any hesitation or any anything that drew you back? There, there wasn't for me because by the time I was selected, a lot of people had been getting vaccines already. And I, I felt like if, if anything bad was going to come out of it, I, I would have known by then. Yeah, I had no hesitation. I was I was actually very, very glad to, to get it over with and get it behind me. So what do you mean you got selected? Is it like a lottery? Well, <laughs> that you register. So I was registered through the University of Nebraska here where I work, um, but also through the local, the county health department. And so they have a computer program or whatever that maintains their registry and picks people out based on their occupation and their age and other, you know, comorbidities and such. So when I say selected, I my name came up through that process. Okay, interesting. So how would you advise someone who's anti-vaccine? Anti-vaccine in general, I don't think is a good thing. However, you know, if, if you as an individual have some kind of medical history or some kind of personal information that makes you think that you might have an adverse reaction, then yeah, certainly think twice. But, you know, the vast, vast majority of everybody, I, I don't think has that excuse. So, so I would say, you know, if, if you want life to go back to normal and, and things to get back on track the way they were before the pandemic, you're going to be doing us all a favor if you'll go ahead and get vaccinated. Well, thank you so much, Darren, for your time and see you soon. Sure. Glad to help. Hello, Dean. Aureli, how are you? Good. Just got your second shot, I heard. Yeah. Uh, vaccine two. It, uh, it went. Okay. So how about you just walk us through your process? It felt like since the beginning, you were on board with the vaccine and you still are since you went to go get your second shot. And how was the year in Boston? Like, how did you feel? Was it safe enough for you to go get it? Yeah. So I actually volunteer at a nonprofit in Boston. And because of my connection with the group, I was able to get a vaccine a bit sooner. So I received an email, signed up. It was very quick. After signing up, I actually got my first vaccination, I think two days after. It was quite smooth. How would you describe the room at the hospital? Was it crowded? Was it busy? Were they organized? Yeah, there was a series of people I had to meet before I spoke with the actual nurse that was providing the injection. There was someone at the front door. Uh, once I got upstairs, there was someone checking people in who then proceeded to send me to 
to uh, someone to confirm my name and my appointment. So my third person then sent me along to a fourth nurse who then told me to go sit down at a table that was the fifth person I talked to. The actual venue was a room that was probably had 10 nurses in a single room, but the room was two stories tall and it was probably 40 people in a a sizable room. Mm -hmm. The main takeaway from the uh, experience was uh, you will have some symptoms. Uh, People have different responses, high fever, fatigue. These were all common. Like if you have heart palpitations or if you have uh, shortness of breath, these were not vaccination related situations. So it was helpful to know what the symptoms were from the vaccination. And yeah, some other questions. There was about 10 minutes of discussion before the actual vaccine took place. Another good question was, I was asked, I was there on my own free will. So I wasn't being forced to take the vaccine. It was kind of a a nice question to to get. That's interesting. So who required that question? Was it from a scientific standpoint, like the nurse was curious about it? Or is it more of a standard legal that no one's forcing you? So therefore you cannot sue us. I, I don't know who dictates that question, but I did receive a different injection unrelated today. And another question I received was, do you feel safe at home? Which is kind of more of a domestic violence kind of question where you just have to ask people how they are in their life. Is this your own free will? And kind of, you know, assess the situation as they're in a public space. And if you had said, no, I'm not taking this on my free will, what would have happened? I'm pretty sure there would have been a series of more questions. I think ultimately their goal is to vaccinate people. So who's asked you to do this? Is this your employer? I'm not sure if I can assume what the questions would have been, but they probably would have drilled in and seen why it isn't your decision. Uh, You're actually the first person who told me about this question. Out of all people that I've interviewed, I found that very interesting because we had this debate all over North America and probably in Europe. I mean, would the passport vaccine discriminate people who don't want it? So in terms of social events, cultural events, concert gathering so are we excluding people and in this case become sort of forced i mean there is hesitation on it i'm i'm not a scientist i don't begin to try to understand the process of where we are i do know that in terms of what i've been given that it's a state of emergency and so safety precautions are or i guess research is a little bit limited so you know people should make their own choice on this i think it's very important to take what you've been given from the media or wherever you get your news and make a a decision for yourself on this. Absolutely. I also wondered if, you know, how in the United States, health is sort of a a luxury. It might not be accessible for everyone to have a health insurance or even be employed to be eligible to have health insurance. So from the fact that vaccines are free and also accessible, do you think that it created a rush that, oh my gosh, we're giving something medical for free to the Americans? So Therefore, this is a gift, this is a blessing, and a bunch of people might not do their research on the vaccines, or maybe whether their body could even stand it. Vaccines have shown to be extremely effective, and the fact that it's being provided, the risks are showing that it is definitively outweighing, you know, not taking it. Yeah, or like the potential side effects that we do not know at all. But something is simple because I remember when I was in Boston, like the work I was at back then, they offered free flu shots. And because they were free, people were just brushing into it. Like, thank you so much. We trust the government. And one of my colleagues, she was a scientist and she said, 
I really have to be careful about vaccines, even if it's flu shot, because sometimes they put latex in it. So it's part of the, I don't know what they put in the syringe, but she had to ask for a special one. And for people who might not be informed because they're not even getting the flu shot every year, they might just rush into it not knowing what they're allergic to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly all of my allergies. I have a, a series of them, but yeah, hopefully I'm not allergic to something I'm being given for sure. And I was a little hesitant. I feel as though it's hard to know, but if I did induce COVID-19, I think I could have beat it. I think that I have a, a good immune system. I think I have a good lung capacity. I don't think, or not that I know of, I have any pre-existing conditions. So I think I was on the fence of what's the best option. I just kind of went for it. What made you change your mind or what made you, what's that called, swing? What, what made you swing from not too sure to being sure? One, that it was free. One, that it was readily available. So I think just being able to move forward, you know, it's tough to know what the guidelines are moving forward, but travel may require a certain amount of vaccinations to go places or restaurants or just public spaces could require vaccinations. So I think it just kind of lines you up for access in that regard. Yeah. So do you think because it's free and accessible, we should go for it? <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a lot of good free things that are not that good for you. <laughs> Free sugar, all the sugar you want. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah, you just have to go off of what is um, given to you at this point and try and make your best decision. I don't think there's been enough cases where the vaccine is showing to be detrimental. Obviously, we don't have one year, two years, three years out. Yeah, exactly. We're, yeah. But amongst your friends and family, what was the general ambience of your discussions where most of your folks pretty on board with the vaccine? Did you encounter some anti-vax groups that you may have to you know, discuss and debate a little more? Uh, my family was happy that I moved forward with it. I'm I'm not sure that I actually have any friends uh, that have been anti-vax so much as I'm not opposed to it, but I just choose not to do it. So I have come across that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dean. This was a pleasure to have you. And I'm hoping that your second shot goes well. No fever, no symptoms, and it looks like you're doing good. So hopefully it stays this way. Well, I appreciate you having me on this show. Aureli. It's been two weeks since my second shot. I had a bit of symptoms uh, the day after the second shot, but since then it's been blue skies. Yeah, knocking on woods. Guess what I'm knocking on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll see you soon. All right, see ya. Hello, hello. Today from Michigan, we have Cole that you have seen previously on the podcast and Laurel, both from Michigan. Hello, welcome to you. Hi. Hi, thanks Thank for you. having us. <laughs> yes, of course. And so today talking about the vaccine, we just wanted to hear your experiences from both of you since you got it on the same day at the same time from the same nurse. Yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how about you You walk us through the whole experience and how it went for you guys? Who goes first then? <laughs> well, it was pretty quick. Uh, we jumped on an available vaccine appointment that was about an hour drive from where we are at a normal clinic and signed up and basically just went got our vaccines it took all of I don't know uh, ten, minutes. 10 minutes yeah, yeah. and then stayed after for a little bit made sure we didn't have any immediate negative side effects and then went on our way. So how come you had to drive about an hour away? Like you're both affiliated with the University of Michigan. Wouldn't the school have some sort of uh, programs or room for students or for, um, is there a hospital at your university? Uh, yeah, well, I think they did have something that they were arranging, but I think it was a little bit later than that started, right? Mm -hmm. I think just because the University of Michigan health complex is so large and 
they had a relative shortage of vaccines for a time, I remember. They were fairly slow in their rollout and they kept to the elder range for the most part. And then I think we were able to get our vaccines relatively early for our age group just because we actively chose to go outside of our county. Mm -hmm. If we had waited to have our vaccines either through U of M or in Washtenaw County, I think it would have been several more weeks. Did you feel like it was an easy decision to go get the vaccine? There were no fears or no apprehension? No, not at all. Well, I have kind of a story from my family. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Be because my parents got the vaccine also. My dad got it first. He got Moderna. And his second shot, he got some really bad side effects for a couple of days. He was like, had all the kind of flu side effects high fever, chills, and all that kind of thing. So that made my mom not want to get her second dose because she had already gotten her first one. So she was like, oh, I don't know if I should get my second one now. This seems horrible. You know, even though, I mean, it only lasted like a couple of days. He was sick for a couple of days and then he was fine after that. Um, so then finally she did go get her second dose. What convinced her? Well, maybe I helped because I was saying like, you know, you might have side effects for a couple of days, but then probably pretty, you know, pretty high immunity against the virus. So it's really, it's a good trade off, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of days being miserable. Preferable to. Preferable <laughs> to, you know, getting some, it's possible to get some horrible side effects from the virus. I know it's actually kind of a personal thing because my cousin, one of my cousins got coronavirus and she was unfortunately very unlucky because it somehow, it turned into kind of a, um, into some kind of a uh, cerebral problem like she, she she's practically invalided now as a result of oh that's crazy so sorry to hear that oh yeah no no so yeah so there was that so i it just seemed like it's worth it worthwhile just to get it and kind of peace of mind so she did go and get it finally and uh even though she is also very frightened of needles but the funny thing was that she had no side effects whatsoever <laughs> either of her <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should have gotten yes. the second shot before your dad. Then he would have been reassured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that would have been. That would have been a bit of a scheduling nightmare, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> My dad could get it earlier after his work. So. Mm -hmm. What was the timeline between the two shots? Uh, one month. Okay, that's it. that's very interesting because people who got Moderna here in Canada, they have to wait three months in between the two shots. In France, it's only one wow. month between the two shots. So you see there is a variability, I guess. We don't really know why it's such a big gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the U.S., I think there's just, at least now, perhaps not several months ago, but at least now, there's wide enough vaccine availability that I think people can get their doses in the normal dose range. So after one month instead of three months, I'm, I'm not sure what the difference is there, but that was the time recommended for us. And so we just uh, abided by it. Is there a reason for that three-month gap? That's what I was sure. wondering. Is it, like, like you said, availability, or is it mostly due to, you know, letting your body rest and recover enough, develop some some immune responses and then it would be more effective after three months i have no clue possible Interesting. not sure so um how do you feel now that you've gotten both shots do you feel more reassured to meet people outside inside are still wearing masks are you still considerate about you know washing your hands before going to the grocery store how has it changed mentally for you we don't wear a mask we're walking around outside yeah <laughs> I think we're fairly consistent mask wearers. And so even with the new CDC guidelines as of a couple of days ago, 
that suggests that fully vaccinated individuals can be maskless even in some indoor situations, although not all. Out of an abundance of caution, for now, we won't wear our masks outside because it seems perfectly safe. Yeah. But indoors, in things like grocery stores, convenience stores, anything else, pharmacies and such, will continue to wear our masks. I just kind of like wearing my mask in grocery stores anyway, because I like the uh, anonymity of kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You like being ninja. <laughs> Yes, I like to feel like I'm cooler than I am. So. <laughs> Even though we should be, we should be safe. I think that Pfizer and Moderna, both of them have such a high efficacy that even if we were to contract the coronavirus at this point, which we still do not want to do, <laughs> the severity of the case should be just extremely low in comparison. And I think one of the benefits of the vaccine, and especially of the mRNA vaccines, is that I think they don't guarantee <laughs> anything. They don't they don't guarantee anything but not contracting a very serious case of the virus. But I think for the most part, that means that you can stay out of the hospital. You will mm. never have to be put on a ventilator. Or you will never have to have that kind of super intensive care. But I think it's important to note that while the vaccines are highly, highly effective, it does not rule out the possibility of contracting the virus. Yeah, for sure. And with the new variants coming, that's what people are concerned about is how long is this going to be effective now that we have so many variants coming around. So would this be effective for six months and then you have to get a new shot, develop new vaccines. So how do you feel about this? Uh, well, I guess that's probably to be expected, right? Because just like with a flu shot, you get one every year. So it's probably going to be similar. Mm -hmm. have to get a booster. Yeah. Uh, were you two getting the flu shot, the seasonal flu shot beforehand, like every year? Uh, I, I didn't really get it, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, depending on the year, probably it would be in one's interest to get the flu shot every single year. I think that's generally advisable. Yeah. I don't think that I've very consistently <laughs> gotten the flu shot, but that's yeah. that's on me. So it was more important for me in the past because I was in so many public use areas, you know, pianos and stuff like that. So hate getting the flu. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In your close surrounding, including friends and family, did you have some heated discussions, debate about the vaccine? And how did people feel? And how did you approach the um, diversity of, of opinions concerning that topic? In my case, it was just my mom who said, and that was mainly just because of her, uh, I don't know how to put it, <laughs> her fear of needles. <laughs> oh, yeah, and her fear of, of bizarre side effects that are very unlikely to actually happen. <laughs> so she was just sending me a lot of articles about like people who would have horrible, like weird uh, side effects. And it's kind of like one in, one in 10 million kind of things. You know? Right. Like one person in 10 million, terrible reaction. And so I was just kind of trying to calm her down about that. And, <laughs> right. Know, talk about it. It didn't affect me <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my case, as far as I know, at least in my nuclear family, both of my parents had no hesitancy getting the vaccine. My mom is a healthcare worker, so she got it way earlier than everyone else. She got it several months before. She also got Moderna. My dad got Pfizer. My brother got Pfizer. I think all of my grandparents went for one of the vaccines. I'm not sure which, either Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, not Johnson & Johnson, just because I think it wasn't available at the time. So I haven't really had to deal with hesitancy. But interestingly, my mom, as a healthcare worker, she's an OBGYN, she's had to interface with a lot of people who have varying opinions on the vaccine and uh, even further who have you know varying opinions as to whether or not they should uh, have to wear masks or things indoors. And so I think she's had a little bit of tension in her work environment surrounding people who refuse to abide by not only federal guidelines, but state guidelines for mask usage and things like that. I mean, she absolutely encouraged people to get the vaccine 
vaccine. And even with the side effects that were expected that I think both my parents had with Moderna, my mom had typical side effects for about 24 to 48 hours. So that would have just been fatigue, achiness, maybe a fever. But again, it dissipated. My dad had something similar with Pfizer. My brother, as far as I know, did not have any serious side effects. And then Cole and I had similar side effects. Essentially, we just had pretty mild, pretty sore arms. Extremely sore arm. That was the yes, <laughs> very, very sore. sore arms. But otherwise, just kind of unaffected uh, for the most part. Just fatigued. For yeah, a day. fatigued a little bit, maybe a little achy. Neither one of us got fevers, but overall, I think that at least in my case, there was no hesitancy at all to get the vaccine. So, what was the best part about getting the vaccine? Did you feel now you're moving forward with this pandemic? Was it more of a personal satisfaction for protection? Well, I guess both. Uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit. Uh, there definitely is kind of a feeling of, uh, yes, we're making progress here <laughs> towards normalcy. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think what, what it did for me, at least, is that I knew that I've done everything that I can to make myself and the people around me safer. And that instills a little more confidence than maybe I would have had the rest of the pandemic when I were being fairly conservative with what we go do. It's not like we're going to massive parties or anything and we're remaining maskless or remaining maskless. <laughs> yeah, we have our masks with in situations that we would deem higher risk. So something where we might be kind of waiting through a crowd or something like that. But yeah, it, it instilled this sense of security that we'd basically done as much as we could as individuals. And now it was kind of a question of social responsibility, kind of having an, a social contract, everyone trying to move, <laughs> regarding everyone trying to move forward. Yeah. yeah. So before the pandemic, you both had social activities and concerning work and school being in person. Are you excited to go back and meeting people and going back to that lifestyle or were you pretty happy being online i prefer it being online actually myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to two introverts perhaps we're not the <laughs> well you know uh no i do like that i can be able to do more musical things like chamber music and stuff that's going to be more comfortable to do now i actually like teaching lessons online though so <laughs> I'm kind of happy about that part of the whole thing. So no, do, yeah, I'd you agree. Know. Yeah, do you think you would prefer to continue online now, even though you could have the chance to meet your students in person? Yeah, I think I'd like to continue online. I like the idea of I can you know, finally go back to like coffee shops and restaurants and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> get out of the apartment and everything. That's, that's good. Yeah, I have yeah. similar feelings. Actually, most of my classes in university have transferred pretty well online. For example, I was doing Russian intensives and I was doing just my linguistics classes and kind of the core classes that I take that are not musical in nature. Those have transferred really well. And actually being in my own environment has kind of alleviated little anxieties and annoyances with having to deal with, you know, sterile, boring college classrooms or or having to hike yourself across campus to get to a class really quick, uh, things like that. So in that way, it's actually been kind of nice. But of course, musically, as we're both kind of operating in the conservatory environment, it's been a little bit of a, a learning curve, I would say. But honestly, the biggest benefit for me is it's helped me realize that working remotely and studying remotely is a possibility, but it seems like it really could be a fruitful possibility. And now I'm very much hopeful, maybe even set on prospect of working online in the future and working remotely. The kind of mobility you can have working remotely is a really attractive idea. And I, I don't think we're necessarily alone in that. I think a lot of people have realized that they would much rather work remotely, even with its drawbacks, than spend an extra one, two, three hours commuting per day or more in communities like that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences, you both. And I hope you have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you too.
If you love the podcast, you can check out my blog, Education Monsters. It's education-monsters.com. You can also support my project on multicultural education by donating on my Patreon page. The link is posted below. If you make a donation, you could have a shout-out on my next article or podcast. You could also choose the subject of my new article or podcast. And if you need French or English lessons, meet me on the italki platform. I'll put the link below. Shoot me a message as well if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast. And may today be the best day of your life. Bye.